It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Week two in the Pac-12 has wrapped up. The Buffs did it again, and they are far from the only storyline right now. Full reaction right here, right now. You are Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to a late-night reaction episode of Locked on Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view post-college football viewing. Hope you enjoyed the Saturday. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day and your number one source to stay up to date with our media rights and soon-to-be-mostly-team-free and beloved Conference of Champions. Like, comment, subscribe, rate, review. Please and thank you wherever you listen to or watch this show, which today is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked on College for $20 off your first order. So, Prime and the Buffs do it again. Auburn gets the best of Cal. Going to react to that as well. But the Pac-12, in the non-conference slate, with uh, all 12 teams in action, Stanford and Cal are actually uh, just wrapping up as I record this show late uh, into the wee hours of Sunday morning, uh, where I'm living in Utah in the Mountain Time Zone. Uh, USC is thumping Stanford uh, comfortably. They had 49 points in the first half. No no surprise there. And uh, no surprise to some, mild surprise to me, but not a big one for sure, that Colorado has done it again. That, that They were able to not just play Nebraska. Here's the thing with the Buffs. They played one way in week one. And I said, okay, yeah, that was, that was, boy, I wasn't expecting to see that. I I did not see that one coming. I thought, ah, you know, maybe they'd beat Nebraska. But I don't think. I think Matt Rule's a really good football coach. I don't know about Dion and all this sort of stuff. Shador Sanders is awesome. I, I mean, just an outstanding high IQ football player. I, I don't think I've seen him make a throw where the ball goes into harm's way. But here's what impressed me most about Colorado. It was not just that they beat Nebraska after beating TCU, it's how they beat Nebraska after beating TCU. So you watch Colorado play last week, and they reminded me a lot of Arizona a bit. You have a great quarterback, you have great skill position players, your offensive line and ground game are hit and miss, and you have a porous defense, right? That was Arizona a year ago, which by the way, translated to a 5-7 and seven season, which coming into the year, most people would have described as a successful one for the Buffs. Now anything short of getting to a bowl game at least... Who knows, maybe they're contending for a Pac-12 title in year one, which would be pretty crazy. We'll see how things shake out. But if if you said that before, you would have said, okay, yeah, that, that that's a success. But Arizona last year was a team that won in one particular way, and that was a shootout, right? It, it, it was on the back of their offense. It was moving the ball up and down the field, high flying, high scoring, all this sort of stuff. I thought Nebraska was going to come out with a concentrated effort to run the football. Guess what? They did just that. And it didn't matter because the Colorado defense made adjustments from last week and they won with a different style of football compared to what they did in week one. Yeah, the offense eventually got it going. Was it lighting Boulder on fire in the first half? Absolutely not. And yet Nebraska never felt when they were down, I think it was 13-0, 13-3 at one point, like they were ever really in that football game because the way that Colorado won that football game was a much more holistic and well-rounded effort. Nebraska ran the ball for five and a half yards of carry 
on 41 attempts. They had the exact game plan I and others thought they would have. I thought they'd be able to have more success. Guess what? Colorado made some adjustments on the defensive side of the football. And that is a really encouraging thing if you're a Buffs fans. Now, I know there are plenty of people out there who say, ah, oh, you're just a Colorado hater and all that sort of stuff. Needing to see more than one week, I think, is pretty reasonable. But I've seen two, and I haven't just seen two weeks. I have now seen two weeks with distinctly different styles. This was a 13 nothing game at the half. And then Colorado goes into halftime. They allow a touchdown, and then they make the adjustments. And then they get things rolled. I, I continue to be impressed with Sean Lewis. Uh, really, really impressed with him as the offensive coordinator. He has that unit operating at such a high level Every single sequence, every like everywhere you look, they're doing really, really good things. So uh, that was my big takeaway from the Colorado game there. Uh, the Pac-12 is the best conference in the country. Yeah, I, I, I think everybody understands this. I don't think you can argue it right now. I don't know how you would argue it. So USC beats Stanford, but each of the other 10 Pac-12 teams were, were in action on Saturday. Oregon beat Texas Tech 38-30. Washington beat Tulsa 43-10. Utah beat Baylor 20-13. That was an ugly football game. A lot of ugly football games played on Saturday. First half of the Colorado game, all of Auburn, Cal, Utah, Baylor, four quarters. That was all ugly. Uh, Washington State, we'll get to the Cougars later. Ooh, baby. Also, I have a message for television networks uh, that I feel very strongly about. Oregon State thumped UC Davis. Uh, Colorado, of course, beat Nebraska. Arizona, a hard-fought overtime loss at Mississippi. State, a valiant effort for the Wildcats. UCLA thumps San Diego State, and ASU falls to Oklahoma State, and Cal falls to Auburn with uh, one of the worst losses Cal's had in quite some time. Um, I, I mean, a lot of people didn't think they had a chance in that game. I was one of those people. They, uh, they had more than a chance in that game. They should have won, and they didn't because they can't kick a football and because they can't execute in the red zone, uh, though Auburn's defense was was quite good there. But the Pac-12 last week was 13-0 through week 0-1, and, and and they come in today, and their only losses are seven points on the road to Mississippi State that might be a top 25 team, uh, a four-point loss between a team that's, I think, average in the SEC to a team that is average in the Pac-12 uh, for for Cal, Arizona State lost to Oklahoma State. I and others expected that to happen, but a blowout win against Nebraska. Washington State let Wisconsin climb back into it, but really they were in control the entire game. Jake Dickert, uh, I didn't think they were going to win that game. By the way, Jake Dickert's a really good football coach. I knew that coming into the season. I did not know that they had such a great game plan to shut down that Wisconsin offense. Boy, uh, the Pac-12. I have, a, I have a statement about them to make later in the show. Well, I'll explain it later. They should have seven teams ranked next week, which is crazy. They could have eight. There could be eight teams ranked in this conference. I can make the argument. I don't think it would be eight. I think the answer is probably seven. But uh, Oregon could have easily lost Texas Tech. Utah could have lost to Baylor. Uh, so, you know, those, those sorts of things even out. But the Pac-12 right now is just playing absurdly entertaining, fun, wild, different styles, lots of great players, high-level quarterback play. They're just playing great football, and they're playing winning football right now. And I, I just continue to double down on my take with all these teams, and now Colorado squarely in the mix as a team that you're not overlooking, that you're looking at going, oh, we have to play the Buffs. Oh, crap, that's not going to be an easy football game. How is anyone going to get through this conference with one or zero losses? How, how on earth... 
How is that happening? I, I can't see it, but it's it's a fun time to be covering the best conference in the country, uh, which for football will only exist for another three months. But guess what? I'm going to enjoy the heck out of uh, the next three months. All right, let's talk about Auburn and Cal here. Um, so Auburn and Cal played this slugfest of a game. This is This was a Justin Wilcox special. This is a California Golden Bears dialed it up. This is how you wanted the game to look. And I did not care for the over in this game. I did care for Cal plus six and a half. That hit. I also liked Cal to win the football game. That very easily could have hit. But the Bears just couldn't get it together in the red zone. And this is something that I'd heard they were struggling with in fall camp. And boy, did that come to fruition on the football field on Saturday night in Berkeley. They had so many chances to win that football game. And I'm sure Auburn fans are having tons of fun with me. And they can do whatever they want. Uh, they're they're 2-0. Cal is not. At the end of the day, it's about winning, right? Who cares what it looks like as long as you get it done? Auburn won the football game. They played really, really stout defense. But, boy, Cal played some bad offense. And my biggest concern with the Bears going into that game was the offensive line and how it would match up with Auburn's front seven, and they were outmatched. I think that was pretty clear throughout the course of the game. Sam Jackson was under pressure. They didn't run the football consistently. Jade Knott got hurt. That didn't help, but I don't know that it was going to make too much of a difference because that Auburn front seven was just gnarly. A couple more thoughts on that game. Many thoughts on Nutrafol, though, all of them positive, because that's the best way to regrow your hair. You don't have to choose between better hair growth and your health. Nutrafol provides a whole body health approach for men that promotes healthier hair. No drugs, no compromises, just better hair. Men think losing their hair is inevitable, kind of like Cal blowing that game against Auburn. Felt inevitable. It was then, but it's not in the hair loss situation. Take control of your hair's future with Nutrafol's science-backed hair growth supplement for Men, it support, Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting root causes of thinning, such as stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, lifestyle, and metabolism through whole body health. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping. When you go to Nutrafol.com slash men, enter the promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. Find out why over 4,000 healthcare professionals recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com slash men, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com slash men. Enter promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. That's Nutrafol.com slash men, promo code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE. A little late night slash early morning, second segment sip. So a couple more thoughts on this uh, uh, Cal-Auburn game. Uh, I was taking a lot of flack throughout the week from Auburn fans who were very upset with me because I had the audacity to suggest that Cal could win this football game. Um, I think it's pretty clear that Cal was capable of winning the football game. And some would argue, certainly a lot in Berkeley, that Cal should have won the football game. This was such an ugly game, and Auburn drove down the field and ended up, you know, throwing a game-winning touchdown from uh, from Peyton Thorne to uh, the tight end Rivaldo Fairweather on a beautifully thrown fade ball to the corner of the end zone. By the way, I had people coming at me for uh, saying I didn't think Peyton Thorne was all that in a bag of chips. Exactly, um, he was not always the quarterback, and he threw for 94 yards. So, again, color me unimpressed. He got the win. That's what matters. That, that that That's what you get. You get to celebrate. Absolutely. But I think there were a lot. I know for a fact because they were literally nonstop all week in my mentions. T- 
telling me how much Cal was going to win this game or how much Auburn was going to win this game by Cal had no chance. And, you know, uh, Cal was terrible and Auburn was, was great and everything. And it was just an ugly football game. Here, here's, here's the definition of, of an ugly football game. And Cal did not play well offensively, partially because they didn't do things very well. Their offensive line didn't hold up. And partially because Auburn played some really, really good defense. And Eugene Asante, he, he looked... He looked like an NFL player, first of all. I, I mean, he looked so fast on on the football field. I, I was truly, uh, truly impressed watching him play defense. He was good. Here are the combined passing stats for the four quarterbacks that saw the field. Ben Finley was out there for Cal. Sam Jackson came in, did a lot of good things, also threw two picks. One of them was on a Hail Mary, so, you know, only one pick, I guess. But, um here, here, here are the combined quarterback stats in this game. 31 for 55. <laughs> oh, boy. 256 yards passing, two touchdowns, and three interceptions. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good. Um, it was ugly. It was, I mean, it was in an age of... Passing and offense and high scoring affairs, boy, we didn't have that between Cal and Auburn. That that was uh I loved watching it by the way. Uh that was I think Auburn fans' first experience with Pac twelve after dark. And just so you know, Auburn fans, by Pac twelve after dark standards, that was so tame. I mean that was my, that was the mild salsa form of Pac twelve after dark. You notice that there were jalapenos in there. But we hadn't upgraded to the habanero ghost pepper level. We weren't even close to it, as a matter of fact. So uh, that's why if the pack were going to continue, I would say, man, I would love for Big Ten and SEC teams to come out west more often. Because it gives programs like Cal, like props to Auburn, by the way, for coming out west, for scheduling this home and home. Cal will go back down there next year. Could be a fun football game. But this was an entertaining football game that was the best crowd Cal has had in a long time, and that was very opponent-dependent. It was a big opportunity. It was a great game to watch. Cal showed themselves very well on the one hand and not well on the other hand. Their defense looked good. I thought it might. Their offense struggled because they couldn't block Auburn's front seven, and, and that's just the way the cookie crumbled for them. They did end up winning it. It was a bounce-a-ball game. The ball bounced Auburn's way, so... Uh, Auburn gets props for the defense that uh, that they played there, but mostly I want to give Auburn props for coming out west I, as a program. I hope Auburn fans enjoyed it, even the ones who were so upset with me for having the audacity to think that Cal could uh, could win the football game. What a ridiculous notion in a game that finished fourteen to ten. So uh, let's move on from that one. Other games around the Pac-12. How about Arizona? Um, I'm going to have my winners and losers segment on uh, Monday's show, as always, and that is a mood for the fan base, not a direct reflection of the result that took place in the game that was played. Arizona went on the road, and they trailed at one point 14 nothing. Then it was 14-7. Then they came back and tied it again. Then they got it to overtime, and they very nearly won the football game. So that is a really, really good effort. I didn't think Arizona would win. But, I mean, good teams win, great teams cover Arizona, cover the nine-point spread. But, look, if you're Arizona, you have to have some semblance of a realistic approach 
to what success was looking like on Saturday night, yeah, you would have loved to have gotten the win, of course. Of course you would have. It would have been program-altering in many ways, but that is more than a respectable effort. And, and it's just further indication of what I've seen with Jed Fish since he took over. Upward trajectory for Arizona. I think that's a bowl team this year. And I still think they're upsetting Utah late in the season. Um, speaking of pulling an upset... Did you guys see what happened in Pullman, Washington over the course of like the late afternoon, kind of evening sort of time? Did anybody see what happened? I give Washington State so much credit. And I have liked them coming into the season, thought they were a good team. I think their ceiling is a 9-3 and football team. That is what they looked like on Saturday in Pullman. I mean, that is a tough place to play. I overvalued Luke Fickle and Tanner Mordecai's value to the Wisconsin offense. And look, I, I thought that Wisconsin would be able to get it done. I was incorrect. And boy, do I love being incorrect sometimes. This is another statement for the Pac-12, planting our flag in the ground, a la Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma State in 2018, saying this is the best conference in America. It just is. That's what you have in the Pac-12 right now. Washington State, if they are not ranked in the top 25 when the AP poll comes out, you are going to hear me go on a rant like you have never heard before on this show. Wait to see what happens, but history would suggest that Washington State should be ranked. This game was not as close as the final score indicated. Wisconsin, to their credit, had a second half comeback. They went 13 to 7 in the second half and, you know, they they pulled themselves to within 2 points after trailing 24 to 6. Washington State was in control. Ron Stone Jr. and and Jackson his counterpart on the D-line, they were beasts. They were absolute beasts. And and man, that is I think Jake Dickard is a really good football coach. And I I have long said in all this realignment stuff, I feel bad for Washington State cuz they've made the right decision here. And Jake Dickert's a good coach. This is an example of that. I had them 7-5 and five coming into this season, losing this game to Wisconsin. So far, I have no reason to indicate they can't be an 8 or 9 win team. I, I mean, that was so impressive. Now, they were at home. They're going to have tough games on the road this year. But that was so darn impressive from the Cougars. And I loved what I saw there. You know something I couldn't stand? Okay. Let's, let's make something very clear. Let's call out the elephant in the room before I have this take. I talk about conference realignment a lot on this show. Every dayers may notice that I have not talked hardly any since football season began. You know why? Because football season is the reason that we care about realignment in the first place. Because we care about football first and foremost. That is what we care about. So when football actually shows up, I understand the offseason coverage with realignment. It's the biggest story out there. It deserves to be covered in the way that it does and talked about extensively. And you guys all love it. I totally understand that. But when football season is here, You're going to hear me keeping the realignment to a bare freaking minimum on this show because football is what we care about. And I have a gripe to pick with ABC and the broadcast that they put on and a decision that they made. 
No gripes with game time, though, because that's the best way to get last-minute tickets no matter what sort of event you're going to. Buying tickets to your favorite events, it shouldn't be stressful. It doesn't have to be game time. It's the fast, easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. Forget planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can also go in there, and they have this really neat feature where you click on the seats, and you get to see a picture of what it's going to look like no matter what event you're going to, so you can have an actual idea of, hey, what's it going to look like from here? Do I want to go to this seat? Do I want to go to that seat? Am I willing to pay a little more to go up? Am I willing to pay a little bit less to go back? If that's the view, you can compare all of that. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code Locked On College for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Okay. I need to get this off my chest. So here I am watching Washington State on ABC against Wisconsin, the biggest game in Pullman in the non-conference slate since 1998. And the Cougars are in the process of dismantling the Wisconsin Badgers. And what does ABC decide to do? They grab Pat Chun, a guy who I've liked throughout all this realignment nonsense, the athletic director for Washington State, and they start asking him questions in the middle of the football game about conference realignment and where's Washington State going to end up. What on God's green earth are you doing? What what producer or reporter, I don't, I don't know whose idea it was. I don't care whose idea it was, but I'm going to be straightforward with you right now. That was a dumb idea. Nobody, I repeat, nobody wanted to hear, I like Pat Chun, when you're not in season, if it's during the week and you have to address this stuff, I get it. In the middle of a football game. Do you know how many few football games there are a year? Washington State most likely is going to play 13 football games this year. 12 in the regular season and one bowl game. There are 13 days out of 365 every single year for Washington State fans to turn on the television and watch their team play football. There are, uh, let me do some math here, 352 other days to talk about realignment. That is not one of them. I don't ever want to see that again. Do I have any influence or sway? Probably not. But holy smokes. And and then and the Mountain West games that I'd seen, you know, they had on Gloria Navarez, the Mountain West commissioner. And look, when when it's the... Mountain West team at home, and it's their broadcast, essentially, that they're responsible for. I understand it a bit more, but I had the same reaction. I was more just appalled by the fact that it was Washington State. That was the Pac-12 broadcast, right? Under the Pac-12 media deal. So it was put on by the home team. That's the way college broadcasts work. And the fact that they said, yeah, we want to have the athletic director on and do an interview right in the middle of a strip sack touchdown. That's what happened. And we missed that to hear him say nothing new. He's not gonna. He doesn't know anything. He's not gonna give you anything right there. It's such, it was such a ridiculous, frustrating notion that anything could ever be more important than what happens on the football field while there is actual game action going on. Shame on ABC for organizing that, and I hope it never happens again. That was utterly ridiculous. If I were a Washington State fan, I would have been hotter than Hades. 
I would have been scorching mad that that was going on. Like, hey, why are you talking about something that isn't the football game taking place right in front of you? Just utter ridiculousness from the broadcast there. And as a play-by-play guy myself, I just, that, that is all absurd. You know what it reminds me of? ESPN last year cutting in, trying to see if Aaron Judge was going to hit his 60-second home run during the middle of college football games. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. There's so many other ways to consume that. Baseball fans were going to consume that no matter what. It, w- it was such a ridiculous thing. And Sean McDonough had this perfect line where... They said, well, the tarp is on the field at uh, Yankee Stadium, guys, so the game's delayed. And he goes, oh, what a shame. Just completely disregarding it because guess what? College football fans care about college football. There are 13 days a year, maybe 12, if Washington State, you know, craters from here on out. Clearly, that's not going to happen because they're about to be in the top 25, or at least they should be. There are 13 days a year for fans to watch their college football teams play on television. Leave the realignment for the other 352. I know how this works because that's how it goes on this show. Realignment can take up all the oxygen it wants, generate all the storylines, all the headlines and everything, and all the attention. You send me all the questions and everything. It can do that in the offseason. If you send me a mailbag question right now about realignment, I got to be honest, I might not answer it, and I've never done that before because it's football season. And I don't care about anything else beyond this wonderful, beautiful sport that is college football. Okay, I'm done. Done with that. Gosh, that was ridiculous. Props to the Cougs. By the way, um, Carter Baines tweeted out that at Research Stadium, they uh, they were celebrating when they saw the Washington State score. Camaraderie between those two? Sign me up. Um, Because they deserve better. And they are looking really, really good. Uh, Let's close with this. Um, I I can't see a world in which the Pac-12 doesn't have seven teams in the top 25. So Colorado beat TCU, who was the preseason number 17. They jumped up to 22. They just won another Power 5 game. They've got to go inside the top 20. And the way that they did it, they won by 22 points. They've got to be inside the top 20. But Washington State is 2-0. They dominated a group of five opponent on the road in Colorado State. And they blew out Wisconsin for most of the game, ended up winning by nine. That was a convincing win. There's no world in which Washington State shouldn't be in the top 25. And if they aren't, I'm going to go on another rant, just like the one I I was just going on, but more impassioned about how twisted and backwards that would be. And I don't suspect that will be the case. I just know that in this world of college football, there are a lot of things that go down. This this is a great sport that is run and governed by average people at best. Gosh almighty, I'm all fired up. It is almost 1230 in the morning, uh, my time, recording this show. I got so many more thoughts, which will come on Monday, but another great week for, week for the Pac-12, another great week for the Pac-12 prime picks. I went 0-2 to start, won the last three. Back-to-back winning weeks. That's, I'll take that uh, any day of the week. Um, I don't think UCLA deserves to be in the top 25. They had a dominant win against San Diego State. I, I don't think they should be in the top 25, um, at least not yet. They, they'd have to go win at Utah first. Uh, that's what they need to do. Um, but they had a dominant win against San Diego State. I thought they might. And props to the Cougs. 
props to the Cougs uh, for a big win. Washington won comfortably, no surprise. Utah, whew, squeaked that. Utah and Oregon both playing the same game. Uh, a team that's you know on a downward trajectory when they had some hope and optimism at one point in time with their programs, and uh, they squeaked out wins. Oregon covered. Utah did not. Good couple of wins for the Pac-12 on the road there. Going into the Big 12 country, coming away with wins. What a week for the Pack. All right, uh, that's enough. More coming on Monday, so like and subscribe if you have not already. There better be seven teams in the top 25 next week, or we're going to have problems. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time, and have a wonderful rest of your day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.